0: Hey, Jay, have you heard about bustedtees.com?
1: I mean, I set up our account, and I've bought shirts there, so yeah. Just,
0: I'm trying to do a promo. Just just work with me here, okay?
1: Okay. Tell me about bustedtees.com.
0: Gladly. They sell pop culture and geek-inspired apparel, accessories, and more. And their stuff is awesome. You like Star Wars, Jay? I do. You like video games? Yeah, I do, yeah. Harry Potter? Yeah. I, yeah. Star Trek? Yeah humorous tees in general yeah it's funny yeah. some badass socks cups hats uh-huh. hoodies a bunch more all that stuff
1: why yes I, I i do like those things matt well then you know what you should do you should head over to bustedtees.com
0: and shop all their cool gear And at checkout put jason 25945 in the discount code spot you'll get a nice chunk of change off and it helps us out to boot
1: that's bustedtees.com discount code jason 25945
0: Bustedtees.com designs that pop culture
1: <laughs> got other uh, Kevin going Kevin,
0: yeah <laughs> Aww.
1: he did some gregorian chant shit up there. <laughs> yeah
0: and remember when that was a fucking thing yeah. like everybody's well, listening to the
1: fucking old yeah. like the gregorian monks chant just yeah was singing yeah. at a fucking church weird 8 uh, 90s uh you know indian shit mm-hmm. okay we got two more lines ready we can do this okay, okay. gentlemen, gentlemen.
2: Let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? But you do, reach do. a do, 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 do. Each other. Don't you wanna listen to our mixtape? Where's the group the moon meet? Come along.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Mixtape. I'm Jason Emmett. I'm solo right now, and that's okay. I'm not going to talk long at all, because we got a complete show for you. Uh, this month, we're going to be talking, well, we're, this week is going to be 80s synth pop. And then we're going to take that into 90s techno and the early 2000s techno, mainly because synth pop, while it did sort of last a little bit into the 90s, it sort of morphed into techno. And so we're going to be talking techno. Hey, later this week, there's going to be an interview up. I highly recommend you all check it out. That is with Pat Fraley. Uh, Pat was amazing. You will hear us go on and on about it in different episodes. Please go back and check it out. If you were a fan of, like, 80s cartoons in any way, shape, or form, 90s cartoons in any way, shape, or form, you need to listen to Pat Fraley. It's a fun interview, I swear. And listen to all to all my fellow Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans out there. Pat was a huge part of that. He was Krang. He was Casey Jones. He was Baxter Stockman. So, listen, it was so much fun talking to him. Uh, with that being said, I'm trying to think if there's anything really important that I need to say before we get into the show proper, and there, there probably isn't, so I'm not going to babble for a long time today. You're going to get like two minutes of me, and then you're going to get social media stuff, and then you're going to get us talking about 80 synth pop, and this was a fun one, a really fun one. Actually, not going to lie, we've already done the 90s techno episode, we've already recorded that, and that was so much fun too. These next few episodes and next month, we already got next month planned out too, dudes and dudettes. This stuff is like some of the most fun stuff I have I think we've talked about here on the show. So stick around with us. Please be paying attention to social media because that's where we ask you guys what you would put on your list. And then we create the playlist, you know, like we talk about here all the time. Uh, the best way to do find all that stuff is through the website, uh, mixtapeshow.com. We're going to talk about that here in a second with all the social media. But you can head over there and find everything you want about this show. I think that's it. Like literally, if you guys got a second, please leave us a review wherever you listen to this show. Uh, if you got a second, drop us an email. Let me know where you listen to it. If you're uh, uh your Spotify or iTunes or or, or uh, Pandora, where you're listening through uh, that that that'd be kind of cool. I I just want to know. There's no real reason for it, just because I just want to know. Okay. I think that's enough. Let me kick off the social media, and then we're going to launch into this week's episode. And we will be right back after this. All right, guys, we're going to make this one short, sweet, and to the point. I love your sex tape. Shut it. We want you to join us online. We love to interact on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, so we kind of need you to go to those places. Not yet, not yet. Anyway, we are Tapeworms, fans of the Mixtape Podcast on Facebook. And on Twitter, we are the underscore mix underscore tape underscore pod. The underscore
0: mix underscore tape underscore podcast on Instagram and the Mixtape, three words, on
1: TikTok. Hold on, dude. You can email us, show at gmail.com. That's going to get you there. Or you can give us a ring on the phone and drop a voicemail.
0: Matt? Can give us a call at 513-437-2377 or make it easier just remember 513-HURAD77
1: easiest way is to head to www.themixtapeshow.com that's our website where seriously anyway head to the site we have links and a bunch of other stuff available
0: also on the homepage, our link to buy me a coffee where you can easily support the show if you have like 30 seconds, we're begging you. Please, leave us a review. It really does help a lot.
1: Okay, now on with the show. All right, go
0: ahead. Take it away, Casey. Hmm. Yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. Go, 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 Kevin. Go, Kevin. Go, 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 Kevin.
1: How many synthesizer players does it take to screw in a light bulb? Mm, I don't know. 10. One to screw in the light bulb, and nine to fight off all the guitar players who want to stand directly under that light bulb. Hey!
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that shot's fired on that one. <laughs> yeah, Absolute
1: guitar player. Hey everybody, yeah. I'm Jason Emmett.
0: Wow. I'm Casey Masterpiece. <laughs> and I'm Twisted Get Mad. Yeah, Kevin sounded way more angry, and he's not a guitar player. <laughs> He's yeah, fuck hum, this noise, I'm out. Geez. Meanwhile, I'm, in
1: ba- I'm the bass player
0: who got fired by every guitar player.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> you, you hit the bass player stereotypes, which is great. I love oh, yeah. it.
0: Um, <laughs> I'll just walk home because I don't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: if you didn't catch it this week, we're going to be talking about 80s synth pop. And this is a genre I love. And this is the genre that we're going to finish out the month with 90s techno and 2000s techno, only because synth pop was really only around for a minute and while there was techno in the 80s it all sort of morphed together in the 80s a techno synth pop and then it sort of morphed into techno when we hit the 90s and so on and so forth but if there is a couple genres that I absolutely adore it's new wave which I guess has actually many genres and synth pop I love synth pop so this is an exciting list for me and I was really excited to have you guys put yours together to see what you guys came up with and uh, Kevin went very mainstream. <laughs> no, but it's all great. It's wonderful that you went mainstream. I went mainstream with a twist. So they're mainstream songs that you probably weren't thinking about. And uh, I mean, Matt's fairly mainstream too. Matt actually is a really good pick on here. I'll just tell you right now, Matt picked uh, Cars. And I had to inform him that it is 1979, and we were doing the 80s. I know. Yeah. You think of it as an 80s song because it played throughout the 80s, but it's actually oh, yeah. And so he gave me a great backup, and I was like, there you go. That's that's fantastic. So wonderful backup. Um, and you. you guys. You guys brought it. We asked for your lists, and oh, my God. <laughs> there was, <laughs> yeah. There's there a lot. Uh, but we're going to get started this week with the Kev, and uh, we're going to give you KC's list. We're gonna. We're just going to get started, man. We're going to get started. We're not going to banter too much. We're going to go right to the list. <sighs> Kevin gives us this gem right here. Don't.
2: Don't you want me? You know I can't believe it When I hear that you won't see me Don't. Don't. Don't you don't want you, me? Don't you want me? You
1: know I don't believe you? Ah, uh, Human League. You don't, don't you want me? Uh, by the way... I was waiting.
0: I was wondering when it going to come out. <laughs>
1: um, sometimes credited on the cover of the, or the sleeve of the album as Human League 100. I don't know why. Uh, this is Don't You Want Me by Human League. I actually don't like this song <laughs> at all. And it's, it's funny because we're going to give you the, I'm going to give you the backstory. And that's actually, I didn't know that. That's what I'm about to tell you is the backstory, but that's what I don't like about the song. So let's well, I'll get into it. Uh, this is their third studio album. It's off their third studio album, Dare. Uh, there's, like I said, there's a good story here because this is their most commercial, commercially successful song. All right. It was the biggest selling UK single of 1981. It was 1981's Christmas number one and has since sold over 1,500,000 copies in the UK, making it the 23rd most successful single in UK singles chart history. Yes. Now. If you don't know this, the UK has this thing every year that's kind of a big deal called the Christmas number one, and you want to kind of be on that chart. You want to hit that because it really boosts... It just It's a it's a really big deal to hit it. Yeah. Um. So it topped the Billboard Hot 100 in the US in 1982, where it stayed for three weeks. It's been named by Rolling Stone the breakthrough song of the second British invasion of the US, and in 2022... Rolling Stone ranked it one of the 200 greatest dance songs of all time. But the band, like myself, hated this song, and they didn't want to release it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So the lyrics were inspired after uh, singer Philip Oakey read a story in a teen magazine. Originally, he thought it would be a male solo song, right? Just the dude Mm -hmm. singing the song. But then he watched the movie A Star is Born and decided to turn it into a conflicting duet with one of the band's two female vocalists, uh, Susan Ann Sully, uh, was asked to do so. They had two. I'll get into all this. They had two female vocalists that did backup with the band, right? But they yeah. did, they were never like featured on anything. But he decided, like, I want to do this like duet thing, and so he asked one of them, uh, Susan Ann, to to do it. Um, again, they'd only been backup. The other the other member of the band was uh, Joanne. Cuth- Catheril, I think I'm saying her name right. Why they chose Sully, if you ask her, she said it was just luck of the draw. She was just the one when they walked up and said, hey, do you want to do this? So they write this the synth part, and and as they put it, it was very harsh. Like, the synth part, it was really harsh. And Virgin Records, they were like, we don't like it. We don't like it. It's way too hardcore, way, way too harsh. So they made him remix it, and they made them soften it up a little bit, and Oki just fucking hated it he did not like it at all he wanted that like edgier sound he said it sounded he made the made the song sound too poppy and he tried to hide the synth part um, or I'm sorry he tried to hide the track he tried to it was the last track on side 2 he put it as the very final track on the album mm-hmm. so the album was released and three of the tracks were successful singles so virgin exec simon draper says hey i want a fourth single and then he picked one <laughs> and he picked the one that Okie hated the most. <laughs> so he releases this as the new single, and Okie gets pissed, right? He's like, why the hell would you do that? Um, but he ends up making a deal, giving people uh, a larger... They give... Uh, he's like, fine, you did it. We want a bigger poster with this single on it. We want, you know, more advertisement. So anybody who buys the single gets a bigger poster with the single. <laughs> and I, you guys probably know the rest. I mean, the song... Huge hit for him, but he didn't care for it. Here's the thing. I don't care for it either, and it's because of the duet. I think it's just too fucking corny. I hate the duet back and forth thing where one person sings one verse, one person sings another, but the song's massive. Kevin, you picked mm. it, though. Why did you pick don't You Want Me by You. Because it's my favorite song of the 1980s. Yeah, that's I fair. Love this I mean, song. I knew I'm gonna... just kidding. <laughs>
2: but, uh, Joe you know, is just, you know, it's a nice upbeat, you know, tempo there. You can, dance to it? It can
0: dance. <laughs> you can dance to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a nice beat. You can dance to
1: <laughs> It's fun for the kids. You know, people yeah. love this song, man. I mean, they do. It is it is a well known song and people love it. So I get I get it. But it's just so corny. <laughs> like you i made you woman i made you don't you dare leave me i'm gonna leave you, yeah. motherfucker don't I, you want me don't you want me Ah. Uh. i want to hear the turn uh, turner cover ah. of the song ah what was that <laughs> i love it i don't remember that part of the song but i really like it yeah, it's there. yeah. you gotta listen real
2: close yeah
1: I, I don't remember it saying "Don't you want me?" Ah, uh, what I remember is "Don't you want me?" Uh. Oh, no. oh. go again. Don't you want me, baby? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, it's okay because the next track is gonna it's gonna make up for it. I know there's probably a lot of people out there like you hate this song. I'm sorry. If it comes on, I'm kind of wiggling my butt to it. Then the lyrics start, and I'm like, oh yeah stupid. It's like yeah, it's just It's kind of a toxic song back then. <laughs> Is it though cuz she tells him pretty much to fuck off
0: yeah, in the song. Much.
1: She's like yeah, I would have made it with or without you, dick. Yeah, <laughs> so. That's true. Here you go. Kevin's next choice totally redeems himself. <laughs> also big on TikTok.
2: Are made of Who am I to disagree? <laughs> Sweet
0: dreams.
1: Sweet dreams. Great version
0: of that being about cheese, by the way. <laughs> Sweet dreams <laughs> I'm made of I'm made of cheese, cheese. Ooh, um, my I to disagree,
1: disagree. Disabree. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Traveled the world for some cheddar cheese. <laughs> good.
1: Everybody's um, looking for, for monster. Looking for monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics, not a cheese song at all. Um, Title track off their album of the same name, released as the fourth and final single from that album. Uh, This song that everyone knows, we also now know the cheese version, hit number two (laughs) on the U.K. singles chart in March of 1983 and number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 six months later. It was their first single released in the U.S., by the way. So that's kind of a big deal because it's the their most popular song. And I have I love the Arithmex. I love Annie Lennox. I've seen her live, amazing. Um, Rolling Stone called it a synth pop masterpiece that made Lennox and Dave Stewart MTV superstars. Yep. And how could we forget seeing Annie Lennox with her bright orange hair, wearing her business suit? I mean, even the video has kind of become iconic and kind of set her role and her part in music. History.
2: Yeah, when I first saw this video, it was very haunting. Yes. But it's like the beat, just, yeah, just ha- it hits all those notes. It really
1: does. All the notes. It's and the- it's got a great beat you could dance <laughs> to. Uh, so in 2020, the song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. In 2023, it was selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry. Uh, some other cool stuff. The song was recorded in a small project studio in the attic of an old warehouse in London, where they were living at the time. And it was so successful, that helped start a trend of musicians abandoning all the bigger studios and going into home studios, which Matt might know some of this. I dealt with a lot of this. Um, That was a big thing in the 80s and early 90s, home studios. like People would put them in their basements, yeah, and you would go down and
0: record. Recorded music in a few
1: of them, actually. Yeah, I've been with... uh, when uh, we talk about it a lot, but my mom was in. They did a classic rock band, but they actually had a Christian rock band that actually was somewhat successful, and they recorded a whole album. Uh, they actually won a contest for like best song and met Amy Grant. And she presented them with a prize and everything. So, huh. um, yeah, and so I sat with them. Many, I went with them many times over to the 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 guy's house where they recorded. He had a whole setup in his basement. It was huge in the eighties and nineties yeah. because they were finally making systems that. They were still big, yeah, but yeah. small enough that people could put them in their houses. And so when Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart recorded this song on their own in this little, you know, people started going, "Oh, wait a minute,
0: yeah, maybe like, we can do hang that."
1: Hang on, this sounds very professional, very well done. How did they do it? And it and it opened the doors for people yeah. to that couldn't afford it otherwise. It's funny because it's still going on today. Do you know the song uh, "Take Me to Church"? Yeah. Yeah, he did that whole thing on his own, too. Like, Really? Yeah. Huh. So I think uh, Billie Eilish did a lot of stuff early on with her and her brother. Like, yeah, I
0: think they recorded in their bedroom yeah. or something like that. So yeah.
1: it's a trend that started thanks to Annie Lennox, if you think yeah. about it. Um, So they were a couple at the time, Annie, Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart. Um, Oh, at one time they were. And they were with a band called The Tourists, and they were in that band together. So both broke up the band and Linux and Stewart but they stayed together musically as friends and associates right and they ended up forming the Rhythmix. they started playing around with this like new electronics music stuff and synthesizers and Stewart's messing around and he creates this the infamous riff we all know dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, right Linux hears it and was like whoa all Joey Lawrence like And so, according to Annie Lennox, the lyrics reflected the unhappy time after the breakup of the tourists when she felt they were in a dream world and that whatever they were chasing was never going to happen. So she described the song as saying, look at the state of us. How can it get worse? Adding, I was feeling very vulnerable. The song was an expression of how I felt, hopeless and nihilistic. Stewart heard that and he's like, hey, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful and all, but a little too depressing. Um, he said can we add this line and that's where hold your head up moving on he put that in to try to say but there's still hope so yeah that makes sense Kevin said he remembers hearing the song and how it made him feel and it was very you know and now you know you were right on the money and knowing is half the battle and a great song and deserves to be on any synth pop list Kev do you want to take a moment well let's see back yeah, dance
0: to pop it is what he's so Yeah,
2: popping fresh dough. Yeah, it's mm, you oh. know, I, I don't got anything. I'm good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good. It's a good song. You could, you got a good beat. You could dance
1: to it yeah. on occasion. Yeah. Sweet dreams, <laughs> sweet, dream. <laughs> <laughs> made of this. sweet dreams, motherfucker. Sweet dreams. Yeah. You want me to just go into your next song? Yes, please. I, I can do that. Here you go. Thank <laughs> it's you. Like, I just, yeah, it's just is awkward. Yeah. Take on. Take on. Take
0: on. Take on. Take on.
1: You just push that slide whistle to its limits. Everyone's Um, dog is just going crazy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, take on me. We know this one. We love this one. Everybody sings whenever it starts playing. We've talked about it on the show before, of course. The original version was recorded in nineteen eighty four, and that one was produced by Tony Mansfield and remixed by John Ratcliffe. But the one that one that one didn't do well. It did not do well at all. Um there was an eighty five version and then a second 85 international hit version, and that was produced by Alan Tarney. That was for the group's debut studio album, Hunting High and Low, and that came out in 1985. It combined synth pop with various other instruments like acoustic guitars and drums. So we've talked about this. The, they recorded an 84, all, all, aha. They were, the, they were the band, but they recorded an 84 version, and it failed the chart in the UK, as did the second version the, of the first two 85 versions ones so the second 85 release did end up charting in september reaching number two on the uk singles chart in the united states the single top the billboard hot 100 helping helped along by the kick-ass music video it's really um that was directed by steve Barron, and it's really kind of believed that that music video that they created for the second version of the 85 one. there's actually another music video out there too an earlier music video yeah but who remembers it no one exactly we all know this one the live action yep. with the pencil sketch animation it's amazing it's it was amazing then it's actually still amazing to now uh, to now <laughs> to now. exactly like it's like is it a rule I have to do it once an episode At least. At least. <laughs> to now to now to now. Now. I think now
2: it should be a new word to be honest to now. to now that makes sense yeah to yes. now yeah. Uh, it's not tonight. It's not tomorrow. It's to now. It's I don't even
0: know
1: what I was trying you know? to Isn't that a band?
0: Give a to little now. bit of heart and soul.
1: It's to Powell. It's fine. Never mind.
0: What's the name of the band? Yeah.
1: To yeah. Why did I think that was
0: Roxette that did that?
1: I don't know. You were wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what she did?
0: It must have been love. I went way no, too high,
1: way no. too high. I was done. I wasn't even going to the second part. I was, I was like, if I you're tried that, I hit high. Yeah. slide, I was was going higher than the, than the slide was? Yeah. Uh, no, people still love it today. Is what I was say. Today, motherfuckers, this video is oh. still kind of cool. Like you watch it, you are like, way yeah, way ahead of its time. Yeah, it's nineteen eighty five, and then Weezer redid it too, which is pretty great. Which is, their version is awesome. Actually, yeah. their cover, uh, Weezer's covers of most things are actually pretty. They good. Even redid the video too. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's amazing. And uh, isn't that is that the one with Finn Wolfhard in it? Uh, maybe I think it is. Yeah. Anyway, great song. That video comes out though, and it just everybody wanted to see the video, and it helped propel the song. The video won six awards and was nominated for two others. And this is all at the '86 MTV Music Video Awards. So, um, so I forgive me, please forgive me ahead of time because listen, I can't get these names right. Paul Wachtar and Magna Furuholmen's. <laughs> I listened. Do you want me to spell it? Wachtar, W-A-A-K-T-A-A-R, Magna, F U R U H O L M E N. So, give me a break, all right? Uh, if we have any listeners in
0: Sweden, please, please feel free yeah, to I'll leave feel a, feel a free. message yeah. of how you pronounce some of the names that uh, we misspelled
1: pronounce so and also yes it is finn wolfhard in the in the video yeah video so they their previous band bridges um composed a a little number they called the juicy fruit song when they were like 15 or 16 years old somewhere in that uh the band thought it was a little too poppy so it was so they retooled the song and the first version of the song that we got for take on me was a lot more punk it was way more as they refer to it as punky um I read that the original version, and now I want to hear it, was inspired by The Doors. Really? So, can you imagine okay. a very Doors version of "Take On"? Me? I mean, I can actually, and that's why I want to hear it. Just really, really slow. <laughs> take yeah. on every me. world. <laughs> <with> <laughs> <fire>. <laughs> take on, take on, take on, take on my. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, they start re, they start working on different demos and they included a new version of the song, which was called Lesson One, before eventually they changed it to Take On Me. In 1983, the band returned to London in search of a recording contract and they ended up using this song as part of their demo to try to, you know, just to entice recording contract companies that would be record labels is what I was going for. They wanted a song that would show off Harkett's vocal range. Um, But producers actually really liked the song, yeah. And, you know, through everything we just talked about, they ended up recreating it. It became the song we all know and love today. Um, Like I said, there were also two music videos. It was the second version. That's the iconic cartoon to real life one that we all know and that we know that we've all seen that we were just talking about. And that's what really helped them soar here in the U.S. So this one's really cool. So Warner Brothers, like, invested in this second video. That's kind of what, how it got, how it even got made in the first place. They did the song and the Warren Brothers was like, we're going to, we're going to invest some money uh, for that alternative version of the song and we want, we want to release this video. So the new video was released to dance clubs and on television a month before the record was actually available in stores. So people were starting to see the video and of course the video was eye-catching and
0: -hmm. then they started listening to the song.
1: Um. Again, it's smart because the exposure on MTV made people want want the song, and it pushed it to the top of the Billboard Hot 100, reached number one, remained on the chart for 27 weeks, and ranked 10 in the 1985 year-end chart. Kev, uh, that was, a why I that sh- was a lot. That was a lot. The
2: reason why I chose this song because one, well the video mainly, this is one of those videos that was way, way ahead of its oh, time. Yes. Sort of like yeah. Sledgehammer. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, it's considering it's like one of my favorite videos, and it's a great song that you can dance to. But <laughs> you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can
0: I actually think it's gonna be some new merch on the on the merch store just a,
1: a song fill in the blank. It's got a nice beat and you can dance to it. <laughs> um I think that we did a top five, like most influential music videos way early, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. way, way early. I might re-release some of those down here and there just to, yeah. I, I know Sledgehammer was on that list, Land of Confusion, yeah. and I this might have been on that list as well, so it's very Probably. possible. That's one of our early shows. We've, we apologize for those. It was I, a different time. That is Kevin's list. And now we're going to go into Matt's list. I'm just going to tell you, even humanly, you know, even though it's not my favorite song, I say I hate it, I don't actually hate it, but it does drive me a little batshit crazy. But if it's on, I'm still jamming. It's all good. This list this week is just fucking fun from beginning to end. And that's, I think, the most exciting thing about synth pop, man. Who doesn't like synth pop? Adolf, Adolf, Hitler, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler, as it, as it yeah. turns out. He didn't. So you don't want to be. Is if you don't like yeah, Seth Pop, I'm not saying you are Hitler, Hitler, but you're very yeah. similar. You're yeah. <laughs> so a horrible what I'm human being. I'm not I don't I don't know, say my like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, you're not him, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> that way wasn't was Can you imagine, yeah. like, synth yeah. pop Half in the, team like, team what what was 40s, 40s synth pop like? <laughs> that's, that's <in> the, <laughs> it didn't really exist. lot of big
2: bands, Louis Armstrong at the keyboard, you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying to Enough. take <laughs> on yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had to watch it because I almost started singing the next song on the list, and I realized I can't do that, so I got to go, you know. But we're going to do that. No, we're going to play that song. This is Matt's first choice. This is a real banger. Here you go, Matt. Banger. Here here you go. She's a real thing, but you know it all alone. She's just a girl. She's just a girl. Mm. The girl you want. She's just a girl. She's just a girl. The girl you want the show Devo all of them yeah
0: every one of them Mark Mothersbaugh
1: this Devo this is Girl You Want by Devo 1980 this song uh well this band Devo is uh probably one of the early influences for me that got me into like a more alternative style of vocals like Devo is very eclectically alternative with what they do and they were one of those early, you know. I heard Whip It. I'm like, oh, that's different. And then I went and started listening to like, you know, other Devo stuff, and was like, yeah, these guys rock, man. These guys are badass, and they're they're cool dudes. <laughs> so <laughs> we've tried actually. We would love to get either of the Mothers Brow, uh, Mothers Bow. I do this every time. Mothers Ball. I always add Mothers I, you Ball. Know, either of them, either of the brothers, could come on the show. We would love to talk to you. The Brothers Ball. The Brothers Ball. Uh, this was the first single released from their third studio album, Freedom of Choice. So let's deal with the rumors first. All right. Sure. Uh, the story is that this was inspired by My Sharona by The Knack. I have no idea where that rumor started or or why that rumor started, but it is a very common rumor that they wrote this song because they were inspired by My Sharona. But Devo bassist and song co-writer Gerald Cassell has denied this. He's pretty much said this isn't true. Lyrics talk about unrequited love for a woman and never reference anyone in particular. In other words, it's not necessarily about one woman. It's just about anybody who's got a thing for a woman and can't like get their shit together because of it. Ultimate class rock critic Dave Swanson rated Girl You Want as Devo's seventh best song, saying that the song is about as catchy as Devo songs come, and that the lyrics are a typical balance of the traditional crashing into the unexpected. Yeah, I I, I don't know that list. I'd like to pull it because yeah. he's putting this at their seventh, so I'd, I'd love to see yeah. what his list is. Listed. I was going to say, it's a very specific number to put it is. too. This is number seven. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Robert Palmer recorded a cover of this in 1994. And pause for me to search <laughs> for that. <laughs> I could totally see Robert Palmer singing a version of this song. It sort of fits for him. Uh, but yeah. Devo's Robert the OG. Girl you want. Yeah, 1994, Robert Palmer. That's really cool. I actually didn't know that till I was pulling the list this. I love Devo. Um, can't find it on Spotify. Oh, wait, hang on. No, my I, w- really I, I want to ask... Uh, I'm assuming, Kev, are, were you a Devo fan or just their, you know, what you knew from them? Kinda? Just mainly whip it. So I, I think a lot oh, like it. would bands like Cake exist today if bands like Devo didn't come first? Ooh. Because, you know, it's just a I love Through Being Cool. I love that song so much. It's, it's probably one of my favorites, but Matt? Yes. You picked it. Yeah, I did cool um
0: devo is a, a fan that i'm a, a big fan of and hold on um, hold on the, hold on yeah. Matt just
1: stroke mouth yeah and i get to play it because yeah. when i you said I, it's mm-hmm. a fan that i'm a big fan of so uh, listen it doesn't happen uh, enough i thought <laughs> i was a fan that was a big fan no you said fan and listen that's true You said fan. i don't get to do it enough for other people, and when I do, it seems to be Matt. He's, he's got you, Matt. Sorry, Kevin just covers it with a quick. I've been drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I got no excuse, man. I just uncaffeinated. Apparently, uh, so.
0: it's a yeah. band. You're a big fan a of. band that I'm a fan of. Yeah, and uh, the the more of their music that I hear over time, um, like I, I I know I know the hits, sure, you know, and as I discover, you know, more of their other songs i'm just kind of like okay this is the i i kind of get why i'm a big fan of theirs and uh then you know you mentioned cake but i would i would also put one of my other favorite bands the aquabats yes, right in there absolutely
1: mm-hmm. right um, and i mean they've gone on to collaborate perfect too, which is perfect amazing. that that is a perfect lead yeah. Too. yeah you're right and there i think there are a lot of bands like that in that sort of weird subject, that's why I said they were like yeah. that kind of alternative subgenre thing. Like, and they opened we'll the door, art rock. Yeah, it's I like very mm-hmm. art, inspired. like you know. Oh, I'll give you Chris Blue. You know, yeah. he, he had to be inspired by Devo. He's had to. Be. And and I think about that. Him. Yeah, we should ask Chris. him. We should ask Chris, hey Chris
0: if you're listening. what
1: cool. are your thoughts on Devo. Awesome that you are. Yeah, uh, Chris Ballou from the Presidents of the United States of America. We have uh, interviewed him. Go back and listen to that. Actually, while we're at it, Res. From Toadies, what's your yeah. thoughts on Devo? Yeah. What are your thoughts on Devo? Uh, it's so sometimes Matt, you start talking, and I'm sitting here nodding my head because you're saying like exactly what I felt like I was the exact same way with Devo, I knew yeah. what I liked when I heard it, and I was like, Yeah, that's cool. And then as you start diving a little deeper, you're like, Actually, yeah, again, and they, that they stuff, had an album come out
0: in like the 2000s as well, I'm trying to remember. Devo album like, I can't remember when it like what it was called but it came out and I, I remember it being like uh, something for everybody it came out in 2010 and that was kind of like a like a, kind of a comeback it was I the first album think I, I think I I think
1: I remember listening to that on uh,
0: Apple Music like I had Apple Music back yeah, then yeah they they did a bunch of like talk show appearances and everybody was just like oh my god Devo's back and their their hats weren't red anymore they were they were uh, blue instead like a real cool like you know
1: royal blue color. And they're they energy domes. I'm... Energy domes, <laughs> correct.
0: And yes, I'm trying to find
1: a 3D no. It's it's um for the yeah. it's uh I found a miniature one. Oh yeah. So yeah. It, it's I got my Devo buttons and pins
0: and all kinds of stuff.
1: So. They they fall into a similar vein for me of like Oingo boingo and that like yeah. you don't know mm. how many things that these guys have done actually. Like, oh, yeah, behind the scenes, like how many times you've heard their music in TV shows or movies and things like that. So, very, very talented guys. So, yep, great, great way to start off the list. Uh, this next song that Matt picked, like, five of our listeners also tried to pick it. So, Matt, you obviously did good with this one because everybody right. wanted this song on the list. Good song. Yeah, it's a great song. Also, has a very interesting cover by Guar. <laughs> <do> anything Guar <laughs> covers is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys, written by Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe. The song was released twice as a single. The song's lyrics are concerned with class and pressure of inner city life. Which were inspired partly by T. S. Eliot's poem "The Wasteland. Yeah. And one know. could argue that uh, Flight of the Concords based their song "Inner City Pressure" off of the song as well. I mean, you know, yes. you said I that mean, is exactly
0: what the, it sounds like. The, the second
1: you, you said that. that, I hear similarities in the voices. Yeah, and I never would have thought of that. But um, uh,
0: By I, the way, if you're listening, if you're listening at home, pull up. Inner City Pressure by Flight of the Concords and tell me it's not the exact same song.
1: And after that, just watch them fly of the Concords because fucking oh, yeah, great. It's oh, yeah. Great, great show. Um,
0: so the first version was. was
1: a, do what? Uh, go, go, go. Uh, do I it. just no. wish
2: there was a third one, but go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No.
1: Uh, the first version <laughs> of the song was Rari's. produced by Bobby Orlando. Just thought you'd want to know that. It was released in- on Columbia no? Records, Bobcat Records imprints in April 1980. Yeah, like, like I totally put the song on my album. Um, The song song became a club hit in the United States and some different European countries. After the duo signed with EMI, the song was re-recorded with producer Stephen Haug for the first studio album, please. Uh, This was October 1985 when the new version was released, reaching number one in the United Kingdom and in the United States in 1986. So in 1987, the song won Best Single at the Brit Awards, In 2005, 20 years after its release, the song was awarded Song of the Decade between the years 85 and 94 by the British Academy of Composers and Songwriters. A critics poll in 2020 by The Guardian selected West End Girls as the greatest UK number one single. Um, I didn't know this. Maybe you guys didn't know this either. Maybe you did. But, um... The Pet Shop Boys got their start after Neil Tennant was interviewing Sting for Smash Hits, and he meets producer uh, Bobby O, Bobby Orlando, and gets him to listen to a demo, uh, to demo number four. Oh no, no, <laughs> just just the demo. Uh, there's a run on there. Uh, so the song, that's how they got like that's how they got their start. He was interviewing Sting. He wasn't. I mean, I guess they were recording stuff, but he, this producer comes up and he's like, "Hey, man, just check out this this demo. Just check it out." So that's kind of cool. Uh, this song was number four thirty three on Rolling Stone's top five hundred greatest songs of all time in twenty twenty one, and number sixty five on their two hundred greatest dance songs of all time in twenty twenty two. And Matt, this was the song that more listeners picked than like. Sometimes the listeners will pick songs and they'll send them in and. We already have them. I think yep. four different people sent this song in. Nice. So. Got good taste.
0: You nailed it.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you're listening to this show, you got at least questionable taste, but good, <laughs> good for overall. You know? <laughs> but what you like when you listen to the show is the nice beat you can dance to. So Matt, exactly. what made you pick West End Girls? Besides the fact that everybody wanted to pick West End Girls.
0: It's a great song. It's got a nice beat and you can dance yeah, it's to it. true. Really. It's very true. Actually. Perfect um, answer. No, it's, it's just honestly really catchy and has, has a really good message as well too. So. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It does tell a fun, like I like when songs tell legit stories somewhere in there and you're like, and this one's got that kind of like, it's got that real rhythmic way that he's telling the story and it, I don't know, man, it's just like you said, it's really well done. And I, I, you yeah, I get it. I get it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So we're going to go into Matt's third pick here. And like I said, Matt originally gave Cars, which totally I get why. Honestly, I'd considered Cars for my list and didn't even know until I, I, I did know. And the second I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. We've run into this before. I think it's fair to say that Cars is pretty much an 80s song, but it was released in 79. So by our own rules. All right. So I tell, I tell Matt, hey, man, you got a follow up. And he sends this, this absolute gem right here, a band I didn't even consider. So I was very happy to see them make the list. So for those of you who do not know, this is Joy Division. This is Love Will Tear Us Apart. Um, I mean, we got as unfortunate as as there's a little bit of sad news along with this one. But um, the song was released in June of 1980 um, as a non-album single. And the sad part is, is it was released a month after Ian Curtis's death from suicide. Um, which is kind of weird, knowing things after the fact that you didn't know before the fact. But Ian Curtis yep. had always suffered a lot, I think, from depression. So, um, this song was certified platinum in the UK, selling over six hundred thousand copies in two thousand two. NME named NME. That sound like I said enemy, but NME. I feel like that's what it probably it may is. May mean I'm maybe. Not, Who surprising. Knows? They named Love Will Tear Us Apart as the greatest single of all time, while Rolling Stone named it one of the 500 greatest songs. It was the band's first chart hit, reaching number 13 in the UK. It topped the UK indie chart as well, and peaked at number 42 on the Billboard Disco chart, which is weird, in October of 1980. It's very I mean, I, strange, actually. kind of get it. It doesn't... His voice isn't... Does, I I mean, it's his 80s, so... The song doesn't feel like an 80s... Like. No, no. Let me let me take that back. Feels like an 80s song. Doesn't feel like an eighty song. Like it feels later to me. Yeah. Like it should have been mid, like to later eighties. It seems. Yeah, mid to late eighties makes more sense. Like, mm. I mean,
0: some would say that they were probably a little bit ahead of their time.
1: I I would agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I've always kind of thought that about Joy. Like, it's hard for me to to like think that Ian Curtis died and like Joy Division was so much earlier than in my brain. They 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 come later. I don't know. Yeah. So the song was inspired by Ian Curtis' rocky re- relationship with his wife, Deborah Woodruff. It also deals with his struggle with epilepsy, which he was diagnosed with the year before, and the stress of holding down a job while trying to advance his career as an artist and as a musician. So when you know that stuff and you're listening to the song, it's, it's, it kind of hits different. Yeah. So U2 singer Bono said he, so he met Ian Curtis when they were recording uh, in the studio and he has said this of Ian, he said talking to Ian Curtis is or was a strange experience because he's very warm. He talked, it was like two people inside of him. He talked very light and he talked very well mannered and very polite, but when he got behind the microphone, he really surged forth. There was another energy. It seemed like he was just two people and you know Love Will Tear Us Apart, it was like when the record was released, it was like as if there was this personality separate and they were torn apart. And that's kind of interesting to hear. Like, obviously I never knew Ian Curtis. Yeah. Somebody with firsthand experience talking about him to say like when he gets up and you know, it kind of is weird because I have seen interviews and stuff with Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And it's very similar. Like he, he seems like kind of bubbly and poppy and, when he talks and he laughs a lot and seems genuinely like a, yeah. a nice guy and then he gets behind the microphone and it's angst, <laughs> like just pouring, <laughs> dripping off. And, you know, maybe that's yeah. where they release a lot of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what they say about a lot of people who end up taking their own life is, you know, they're, you know, one way to most people and, you know, only a handful of people get yeah. to see you know, a, a different side of them. And that's, you know, I mean, think of like Robin Williams. We it's hear that kind of, a lot about yeah. comedians,
1: a lot about comedians. Jay Morris talked about that a lot, actually. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. And when you brought up Robin Williams, we, we hear Jay Morris said a lot, you know, it's, it's actually a lot of comedians are going through depression. You just, this is how they deal with it. It actually helps them mm-hmm. cope. So it's very sad, but, uh, but it's a wonderful song. So do you want to talk about why you chose it for a minute?
0: Yeah, it's um, when when it comes to like Joy Division and you know a lot of those other bands kind of of that era. It's just it you kind of can listen to it and kind of see just how influential that that song, not just that song, but you know Joy Division in general was on future bands. And uh, I'm drawing a blank on some of them that I could actually cite as you know heavily influenced by Joy Division. But there's a lot of a lot of the music that came later
1: sounds very similar to, you know, I wonder, it It would be great if there was a way. And I mean, obviously it's not, but to like, like you just said, to kind of, find out, like, this This band was, like, who was influenced
0: there's, by There's gotta is, be you know, a family tree type of situation that you can find online somewhere, you know, where without this s- band this band wouldn't exist, and yeah. this band wouldn't exist
1: And if not, somebody needs mm-hmm. to get yeah. on that shit, because that'd be really cool to, like, yeah. go down that line and have the bands, like even comment on it, like, absolutely, so like oh, yeah, absolutely we yeah, wouldn't definitely be work. here if it wasn't for them. We heard this song and that's like, set my, my whole path, and sometimes we do get that yeah. But it'd be nice to like if somebody was like tracking all that'd be really neat. Yeah. Um uh, if I remember right, also there is a cover of Level Terrace Apart by Fallout Boy as well. Someone definitely covers it. I I knew that and I was just thinking of it, but I couldn't think of who it was, so I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> but yep, you might be right about who it was, yeah. Yep. Um covered I, it on uh, what album? I also want to say one of the cool and things that. Matt kind of did without even knowing he did it was bring us you know the bands that started 80s synth pop which yeah he brings us you know gary newman he brings us he brings us toy division and these were like 79 and 80s and yeah, this Matt's is like
0: bringing up the pioneers
1: yeah which okay. yeah yeah
0: uh by the way that cover was on my heart will always be the b-side to my tongue which is one of the most fallout boy titles <laughs> it's, very, yeah. it's uh 2004
1: so. okay so go check that out as well. I've actually heard it, but I didn't know that's who it was. So I was a like, I know somebody did it. I know I've heard right. it, but I don't know who it was.
0: And and we, we talk a lot about how I love I love my cover versions, I really do because I think that's that's a good way to you know find out what other bands. Yeah, are absolutely. influenced By older bands
1: too. So. If you're if you're like us and you're one of those yeah. people that wants to dig in when you hear something you love, oh, yeah. that's how I discovered a lot of the bands. I became fans of is like I was always that guy. I'd hear a song and I'm like, well, if I like this. Well, I like others, and sometimes, yeah, you don't. Yeah, well, I mean, like we joked about—at
0: um, least you and I joked about—the fact that I heard "Missionary Man" by Ghost. Yeah, and you were like, "Yeah, that's that's a Eurythmic song," and I was like, "Yeah, I just it's randomly Linux, came yeah, across and you were, the original one day." I was like, "Whoa, okay." It's not Which, by only the way, any great Linux use of a harmonica on a song too.
1: It's not only any Linux. It's like one of my all-time favorite analytics songs and you had a whole discussion about it yeah because you were like well here's the ghost version because I hadn't heard that and you yeah, like sent it I over to me I never heard it <laughs> you like, well, had never heard analytics kind of cool. so and it, and it is cool when you get you know oh I'm going to go discover see if I like it as much or if there's things I like about it and sometimes you do and sometimes you hate it it's just the way yeah. it goes yeah. So now we're going to go into it. my list guys my list and I was excited by this and this was really hard for me like really really hard for me and I I don't list songs and I had to list bands and I'm like which song do I pick by them and it's not really the case with this first song because uh, this was the only song I knew by them so it's kind of <laughs> had to be what it was now that's not to say they didn't do other stuff but this song always sort of stuck out to me and I've always loved it so here you go you won't get too deep. Now you guys are probably going, what? This yeah, is—it uh, sounds familiar, <laughs> but I'm not sure why. This is like- "I beg your pardon" by Concan. So I listen huh. to some weird shit, guys. Um, yeah. So Barry Harris, this guy named Barry Harris, was a producer and a DJ, and he decides he's going to put together a group to perform under, and that is where the group Concan came from. Um, in 1989, he released their debut album "Move to Move" with the single "I Beg Your Pardon." So this song samples Lynn Anderson's 1970 hit, Rose Garden. Uh, This song was actually a hit, reached the top... That's why it sounded familiar. Okay. You probably, you maybe have heard Rose Garden. So that little clip that I played was out of Rose Garden. Uh, The song was a hit, reaching the top 20 in a number of countries, including the UK and the US, where it peaked at number 5 and 15, respectively. Um, It took inspiration from the Pet Shop Boys' 1987 single, Always On My Mind, which was a redo of Willie Nelson, 1982, and Elvis. Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I can actually hear that inspiration in here a lot, the Always On My Mind thing, especially if you do the Pet Shop Boys version of Always On My Mind. Yeah. Um, And they they wanted to do the same with Lynn Anderson's 1970 Country Hit Rose Garden. So they wanted to be, they kind of heard the Pet Shop Boys do Always On My Mind, and they were like, we want to do that but with a different song. So that's where this came from. I've always loved this song. I've always had a good time listening to it. And I didn't realize that like everybody just didn't know it <laughs> until I was like playing it one day. And my wife was like, who is that? I was like, well, it's Concan." They're like, who? I'm like, yeah, there's a one-hit wonder. She's like, but I don't know the song. I'm like, really? And then it sort of hit me like, not everybody does, but it's a fun-ass song. You should check it out if you have not. Listen to it already. If you don't know what it is, go listen now. Not now. Yeah. Later, we have a few. Now more listen songs. to us now. Yeah, and then go listen to it on our playlist. Mm-hmm. As a matter yeah. of fact, that, that's where you want to go. Which will be available on Spotify. Um, yeah, I just—it's just, it's just a really fun song. You know, it's—it's it's so funny to me because my, I there were, huge Cars fan. Everybody knows the, the band the Cars is in my top five. I love them. Didn't put any on the list. Didn't put any. There are so many bands that looking back I'm like I, I chose what I chose for a reason you, you know but like I just saw Howard Jones I love Howard Jones I could have put any Howard Jones songs on the, on this list and it's so hard sometimes to like what do I pick what do I not pick I don't think there's going to be any argument uh, with my next one to the degree that you guys are going to both be like oh fuck yeah right here you go okay.
0: You can hide. I want to know what you're feeling.
2: Tell me what's on your mind.
1: What's the first thing you guys think of when you hear the song? Mm-hmm. Mm. No? No. Well, we're going to call this the Star Trek song. We're going to start by calling Star Trek. Yeah, Star this Trek? is What's on Your Mind, Pure Energy by Information Society, but we're going to call it the Star Trek sign. Yeah. Okay. Pure Energy. Who do you think that is, man? That's, that's Leonard Nimoy. That's Spock. Uh, I used the
2: Force, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm you lie Star shit. You love Star Trek, and <laughs>
1: I know you do. Uh, this song was released as a single in 1988. The Pure Energy line was a sample of Spock, a.k.a. Leonard Nimoy, from the Star Trek episode Errand of Mercy. You can also hear lines from Bones, a.k.a. DeForest Kelly, and Richard Tatro from the episode I Mud. So they sample. Um, Different parts of Star Trek did just the the speak speaking parts. It's not the song, you know. Yeah. The song was a smash hit in the US, spending twenty five weeks on the Billboard Hot One Hundred, peaking at number three and becoming certified gold by the RIAA in nineteen eighty nine. This song started off as a ten minute instrumental jam. Apparently, uh Parliament came. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The band was trying to record their first album, and the record label was getting really pissed off at them and saying, you guys are taking way too long, and you're spending way too much of our money, and uh, you need to give us a hit. Can you imagine the record label looking at you going, hey, yeah, you're fucking around. You better give us a hit. (laughs) And you're like, oh, (laughs) shit, we better hope this hits. So Paul Robb created this chorus. He said the chorus was inspired by Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. And I hear it. Totally hear it. said it was also a little inspired by Duran Duran. He also emulated artists such as Gary Newman and Devo by trying to keep his lyrics minimalistic. He wanted them to be a little simpler to get to the point. He said the verses were just sort of random collection of emotional impressions. But when you look back at it now, it's a clear narrative about the difficulty that people have communicating with each other. At the time... We weren't writing it with that in mind, but it's so clear when you just read through the lyrics. It's a very simple and very clear cut story. So there you go. Hmm. Uh, I just fucking like this song. (laughs) Like, that's really, (laughs) it's really, it's one of those, like, I remember this era of my life. This is 88, 89. This is really about, this is the kind of song that I know is going to push us into stuff like CNC Music Factory in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to get to the 90s techno. And to me, what's on your mind by Information Society is the start of that. This is when we start seeing the shift from synth pop into techno, right? And I don't know, man. It was just one of those things. I was right at that age where stuff like this was just like, I, I just thought it was kind of cool <laughs> to like listen to it. So and that's why I went with it. So And you guys learned something today. There's a bunch yeah. of fucking Star Trek yeah. all over this song. <laughs> I never noticed it. Do Neither you, did I. Do you hear the sledgehammer um, inspiration I, in the song.
2: I can kind of hear it. Yeah, there's
1: literally yeah, a fucking go sledgehammer <laughs> going tink, tink <laughs> to the whole fucking song. So I'm like, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's right. To it's
0: be one of those. Well, I'm never gonna
1: hear that type of thing again. <laughs> so. Right. Um, I don't know if that's a real. I mean, it's definitely the noise of a hammer hitting like an anvil thing. So yeah. All right. So. My last song. I knew I wanted this band on here, and um, I'm I'm gonna guess I'm a bigger fan of this band than you guys are, but you guys probably both like them. What I couldn't decide is what song, and then, well, I kind of got sold by the opening riff of the song. But here is my last choice for '80s synth pop. <laughs>
2: Right?
1: Yeah. I mean. Exactly. Right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was really hard for me to choose. Uh, So this is Yaz. Don't go Yazoo in the United States and Canada. I don't. I'm sorry. Yazoo. But in the United States and Canada, they go by Yaz. It's a whole confusing thing. It's the Mystic Knights of Boingo Boingo. I don't know why, but they go by Yazoo. But in the U.S. and Canada, they're called Yaz. And that's what I knew them as was Yaz. But sometimes I call them Yazoo. I don't know. Uh, This song was released in 1982. It was the second single from their debut album, Upstairs at Eric's, which is wonderful. If you have not, just sat down and listened. You should. In my humble opinion, Yaz deserves way more attention than they ever got, and that's not to say they didn't get attention, but they're amazing. Uh, The song peaked at number three on the U.K. singles chart. It was their second top five hit and their second hit on the American dance chart, spending two weeks at number one. Their first U.S. hit was Situation which had also gone to number 1 on the chart earlier the same year. I almost chose only you. Um, but I just the synth line for don't go is just it was which, we're, we're doing synth, you know. That's a song I know from Napoleon Dynamite. Only you. Yep. And now it's, it's on, on some weird plant commercial. On Hulu. (laughs) And every time it comes on, me and my wife, you look over and we're both going, (laughs) only you. Like, we're dancing and shit. And I was like, I love this song so much. (laughs) She's like, what's it got to do with plants? I was like, it doesn't matter. It's wonderful. Yeah, the synth line from this was just too good to pass up, though. I'm like, we've got this real hardcore. Uh, And uh, just want to let you guys know, I have reached out to try to get her on the show. So please, please come on the show. Please, we want some more. Please, you read your emails. I think... (laughs) <laughs> please please read your emails i think it's one of those things where um you have this this band that is heavily influenced i don't know if they were influenced by depeche mode or depeche mode was influenced from them i i say that i shouldn't have because i believe one of the members of the band might have been from depeche mode <laughs> so i guess they were influenced by depeche mode i think the i think the keyboard player um so Allison Moyette Moyet is the vocalist, but I, I'm, I'm looking him up really quick.
0: I was like, I'm doing the same thing. No, right it's right there, literally,
1: talking. consisting of former Depeche Mode <laughs> member Vince Clark on keyboards. So there you go. I th- if you just if you just Google Yaz, <laughs> like uh, the first thing uh, comes.
0: estrogen pills come up. Just that's a it's a it's on WebMD. It's
1: a, <laughs> yeah, but that's right. Yeah. They do make that Yaz is yeah. an estrogen pill. You're not yep. wrong. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> I just Googled Yaz. They're the second or third thing that comes up, actually. But Yaz, the band, does show up when you Google them. So
1: so I want to tell you how... Infl- okay, so I brought the Depeche Mode thing up. What I also knew, and now I know his name is Vince Clark, that after Yaz, he goes on to form another band. Do you guys want to take a guess at what famous synth band this guy ends up creating after? He- also huge. I'll give you a little hint.
0: I try to discover a
2: little something to make me sweeter.
1: Erasure? Oh. No one? Yeah. Ah. But it gets better. Um, I don't know a ton of erasure. I want to know if you know this band. So I'm reading this right now and I want to bring this up because it's awesome. Yeah, Yazoo's combination of electronic instrumentation and soulful female vocals has been cited as an influence on the house music scene that emerged in the mid-1980s as well as bands such as, and if you do not know who these guys are, which I... I'd be shocked if Matt doesn't. LCD Sound System. Yep. I love LCD Sound System. Yep. Who named checked the duo on their single on their debut single "Losing My Edge"? How do you say it? Larue? Is that how you say? It? Oh yeah, Larue. Yes. Yeah. Shiny yep. Toy Guns and Black yep. Audio have also all all of those bands. Black Audio is fantastic. They by the way, if you've all never heard them, sided so good Yaz or Yazoo as yep. inspiration. Yep. And that's why I say, like, again, I think Allison Moyette has like really interesting vocals that you're you're just not, again, from a female, you're not used to hearing them. She is amazing. She's at, still out there doing stuff. She's a huge still in the UK. But I just never felt like Yaz got the attention that I, f- I feel like they kind of deserved. So yeah. I put them on my list. They've definitely inspired mm, some other
0: really good bands. Yeah, so.
1: I I know you like Shiny Toy Guns. I knew oh, yeah. you're a big fan of Shiny Toy Guns. So yeah. I was like. But do you know Larue
0: that? was very very catchy? Uh, yeah, I like Larue. Uh, going in for the kill. Yeah, I love that and, song uh, so much. <laughs> uh, What's the other? Bulletproof. That's yeah. one of their other big songs. That's but, like, yeah, like I said, dude. Black audio though. God, okay, so good. He's like, Go Jay. On, I think you'd yeah. really like Black Audio. God, yeah, I feel it's it. a yeah, <laughs> it's a side project of uh, Davey from uh,
1: AFI. Oh, Okay, and uh, and their guitar player. Yeah, it's a little. I wasn't, I wasn't.
0: side project. I wasn't
1: sure, but I had a feeling, knowing you the way I knew you, and you and I tend to mm-hmm. I tend to know these sort of like shiny toy guns, these sort of offshoot, oh, yeah. semi popular bands. So I was wondering if you knew LCD Sound System. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they were they were really big. I believe they like
0: it was like a huge deal when they broke up, and I think they got back together not too long after. Did that. they get back I together? Really, I knew I they, they, they broke up, it, and yeah. I was bummed out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, I remember, it, getting- like,
0: it was like a huge, like a huge deal. Like the the final concert got released as a live album, and and then they're like, yeah, we're never coming back together. And then it's like a couple of years later, they're yeah. back. So never say never, because yeah. you never
1: know. So, you know, what we do got this time around is we got lots of feedback from you, the listeners, so we're going to share that really quick before we close this episode out. We put the word out on our social medias, all of which you heard earlier. If you were listening, you can go there. It's where you want to go. It's where you want to follow us, the Instagrams, the Twitters. I'm calling it Twitter. And uh, the Facebooks, because that's where we put out the question, what would you add to a list? And we asked it this time, and whew, you guys did not let us <sighs> You brought it down. Yep. You you done brunged it. So the first comes from our man, Stewie D, who you might have heard a couple of weeks ago here on our 90s country episode. Stewie D comes in with a good one. He says, I ran by Flock of Seagulls. Great song. Great, uh, great add to the list. Melissa suggested just a few. She said, Tainted Love, uh, Vienna by Ultravox, Fascination by Human League, and A Little Mm -hmm. Respect by Erasure. So there you go. Uh, this next gentleman, Skiznot,
2: call me sir. God damn it!
1: Says <laughs> Sir Skiznot of, I'm sorry, Sir Skiz of Nottingham. He gives us one. Uh, he gives us more than one. He says Synthicide by SSQ. No, he only gives us one. Synthicide by SSQ, the band that Stacy Q was in before Stacy Q. I did not <laughs> know that. I I've heard this song, but I did not realize Stacy Q was with. Them, which is weird because it's SSQ, so I wonder, no. yeah. Hey, listen, I, I'm not always the sharpest tack, you know. Yeah, he's not always the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah. Somebody once told him, at least. Yeah, well, I'm looking kind of dumb with my finger oh. and my thumb. Well, that's what happens when the world is going to roll you. <laughs> Somebody wants told me. So, yep. <laughs> that, was that sounded hilarious. like it hurt. <laughs> uh, Robin delivered on this one. She says, Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. Great. Song. Oh, that's a good one. Wonderful yeah. album. Wonderful. One of my favorites. I have a, a couple of really good covers of that one, actually. Um, Destination Unknown by Missing Persons. Sp- <laughs> it's great, by the way, to, to list Bronsky Beat. Small Town Boy by Bronsky Beat. Never, yeah, never crossed my mind. You Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive. Running mm-hmm. Up That Hill by Kate Bush. How none of us thought of that right now is yeah. shocking. Uh, how Connie didn't mean, come at me. song that came out in the last couple of years. Where was right? Connie with Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper? Yeah, where was Connie with Cindy Lauper yeah, at all? Connie I'm, I'm right? sitting here
0: going, what did Connie say? What did Connie say? For
1: and the record, we don't discuss that. I know. She just sends it. Yeah. She just sends it. So. Uh, Robin also says, do you really want to hurt me? Who I just saw, Culture Club. So I, uh, Robin and a bunch of others also Reggae, said Weston Girls techno. as totally eighties and nineties recall. They sent Weston mm-hmm. Girls over. Uh, they all, yeah, that was a, a real big one. Yeah, and yeah. we have one more from our buddy uh, Steve over at the Arm Care. Arm Care. Arm <laughs> Care. In case you hurt your arm, <laughs> you want you want get the, some arm care. You want the proper yeah. arm. I hear you say. Look nah, at a play man. it. It's your arm care <laughs> specialist. <right laughs> look now. at look at arm care booking <laughs> for your arm care specialist. <laughs> Shut up, (laughs) (laughs) Steve from the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast, who you may remember from our '80s metal episode, said "Obsession" by Animotion. Of course he did. Of course you did, Steve. Because those of us who know that was a Hulk Hogan walkout song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are my obsession. You're my obsession.
1: So, nice. Yeah. So there you go. Those were the listener suggestions. All wonderful. All will be available on a list all their own, which Matt will put up on our Spotify. Absolutely. That was a fun one. I'm going to enjoy listening to this list over and over again because it's just good shit. Good shit. One after the other. I need I need this. Let's get back cleanser. to the 80s. I need so the well. palate cleanser. And you guys brought some great stuff, like really throwing some stuff at me that I was like, oh, God, I didn't even consider that. You know, a lot of times, like, you guys will put something on your list, and I was like, I'll I'll keep that off my list. I was going to put that on my list or whatever, but not this week. Everything you guys brought, I was like, ooh, ooh, that's good. I didn't even think of that one. Ooh, and that one, too. So it was fun for me, fun for me. And the listeners. The listeners gave us some good shit, too. So thank you all for that. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, please go over check out the website your mixtape sh- I'm sorry, the mixtape show. com is the easiest way to get there. And uh, like said, the playlists are available there now. You can click on them and take you right to Spotify, make your life a lot easier, make make it a little more worthwhile for Matt because he puts mm-hmm. these lists up. I wanted to make oh, it yeah. easier for you guys to get to them.
0: There is close to I would say close to like we'll say 75 playlists that you can listen to. At
1: your leisure. At your leisure. Um, at your leisure. At your leisure. As as you wish. You know what else is over there, man? What's our that? interviews. Like you can go over there and click, and it'll yeah. take you right to the episode with that with the person we interviewed. And please go over and check those out because yeah. uh, we have Still a lot. Got of, the uh, the recipe for pastry crack. Pastry up there? crack is up there. Yum, yum, yum. Our swag so is up there, and friends okay. of the show, which I need to update. But yeah. we really want you to go over and check out friends of the show. There are a lot of podcasts that show us support. We talk about them here a lot. And we want you to show them some love and support as well. Uh, That's it, guys. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you guys real quick. Anything? Anything at all? Anything? Hmm. Well, join us next time. We're going to be talking about 90s techno. And uh, you are always welcome to send in your thoughts on that one, what you would add to a 90s techno list. Start sending them over now. We'll start compiling them. And uh, until next we speak, when we will be talking about 90s techno, remember to always... Stay awesome. Hey, awesome. Yeah, yeah, the mother truckers. There, there are go. times was, that you see. In my head, everything I was saying made sense. And and I was like, little nope, little I heard that. That's what I heard. And you kept talking to me like, Bill <laughs> did I say
2: dreams? I was like, we listen to a lot of 90s you wish and you, you were, were
1: like, we're up in 90s. We need some 80s. I'm like, I can't breathe.
2: There's the music. And you can't like the lights. It's all you can do just to make it through Any more of these lonely nights So you grab your favorite mixed tea And you pop it in the sun And you scream two words along with all the nerds right now it's all you've got